Our devotional this morning is captioned, The Transforming Power of Love. In Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The story is told of a woman who went to a marriage counselor for advice. She said, I want to divorce my husband and I want to hurt him as much as I can. The counselor advised, in that case, start showering him with compliments. When you have become indispensable to him, when he thinks you love him devotedly, then start the divorce action. That way, you will hurt him really, really bad. Some months later, this lady returned to report that uh, she had followed the counselor's advice. And the counselor now responded, very good. Now is the time to file for divorce. She exclaimed, divorce? I don't think so. I have fallen in love with my husband. You see, loving words and actions change not only the spouse, they change the one speaking and acting lovingly. Of course, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus says, love your enemies. Perhaps your spouse qualifies at least at a certain moment. It may seem impossible, but Galatians 5 reassures us that it is not all up to us. The Holy Spirit who dwells within us produces godly attributes in us love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control what a list all we need to do is allow him to work within us loving your spouse in the power of the holy spirit will never make things worse who knows things may get better. So, go against your emotion and give love a chance and you will see that your marriage will grow and happiness will abound. Let us pray. Father, I am so grateful for the gift of the Holy Spirit who is able to produce wonderful fruits in me. Please, help me to get out of the way and allow the Spirit to work. With your help, O oh God, I can love my wife through my actions, even when I don't feel like doing it. I want to be transformed by your love. This I have prayed. Amen. Our devotional this morning is titled The Choice of a Positive Attitude. Our scripture is taken from Psalm number 42. We're reading only lines 5 and 6. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again my Savior and my God. 
The question is, do you desire to change your marriage for good? Then let me share three crackers with you that can possibly help you do that. Number one, I am responsible for my own attitude. Number two, trouble is inevitable, but misery is optional. Number three, attitude has to do with the way I choose to think about things. Two wives have husbands who have lost their jobs. Neka says, my husband hasn't had a full-time job in three years. The good part is not being able to afford DSTV. We've done a lot more talking on Monday nights. We've learned a lot. Our philosophy is we don't need what everybody else thinks they have to have. It's amazing how many things you can do without. On the other hand, Sandra says, my husband hasn't had a job for 10 months. We are down to one car. Our phones are bad and we are getting food from people who are begging and collecting from food banks. Life is miserable at our house. Wow. You see, the difference in these two wives and the atmosphere in their homes is basically a matter of attitude. We can choose to think negatively and curse the darkness or we can choose to look for the silver lining behind the clouds. The writer of Psalm number 42 certainly knew the power of a good decision. Faced with discouragement, he made the choice to turn his attention to the hope that comes from God. When we remember the good things about our lives, including the salvation and love God gives us, we are choosing to change our attitude. For our marriages to work, we must learn to change nothing else but our attitude. I pray, dear Lord, because I know I tend to blame circumstances for my frustration. But the truth is, I need to be responsible for my own attitude. Help me to choose hope and optimism. And may that transform the way I view my marriage relationship today and evermore. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our devotional is titled, The Transforming Power of Attitude. Proverbs chapter 15 verses 13 and 15 says, A glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. For the despondent every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. How do you enhance the seasons of your relationship? Or how do you get from what is called a winter marriage, one that is negative and full of frustration, to a spring marriage, one that is full of hope and renewal? One strategy is to choose a winning attitude. Most athletes would agree that winning is 90% attitude and 10% heart.
hard work. If that is true in the world of sports, it is certainly true in the world of relationships. Spring marriages are created and sustained by positive attitudes. Winter marriages are characterized by negative attitudes, negative energy. What we think largely influences what we do. In turn, our actions greatly influence our emotions. King Solomon acknowledged some of this truth in uh, the Proverbs that we have read. Optimism breeds more joy, but negativity feeds on itself to make us even feel more downcast. When faced with the choice between constant trouble and life being a continual feast, who wouldn't choose the latter? This connection between attitude and actions opens a door of hope for all couples. If we can change our thinking, we can change the atmosphere of our marriage. The most common mistake couples make is allowing negative emotions to dictate their behavior. By failing to recognize the power of a positive attitude, they don't achieve their marriage's highest potential. The good news is you can choose your attitude and you can choose right, starting this day. Heavenly Father, I know, I know, I know my attitude can make all the difference in how I view my marriage and even how I interact with my wife. Please, Lord, renew my attitude with hope and optimism this day and the days ahead. It is my prayer. Amen. Our devotional this morning is captioned, Affirming Words. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, the Bible says, Worry weighs a person down, and encouraging words cheers a person up. Many couples have never learned the tremendous power of verbally affirming each other. Verbal compliments or words of affirmation are powerful communicators of love. King Solomon wrote several proverbs about words. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 25 highlights the importance of encouraging words. Proverbs 18 verse 21 is even more dramatic, saying, The tongue can bring death or life. Cutting critical comments can kill a person's spirit but affirming words bring renewal and hope. Do you want to improve your marriage? Then you have to learn to compliment your spouse. Get interested in the appearance of your spouse. Make contributions and ask empowering questions on the outfit. When you recognize and appreciate his or her appearance, you could say, you look sharp in that outfit. Well, you look so great in that dress. That would be beautiful. You have made somebody's day. Cooking is not an easy task. Just appreciate it when food is presented. Oh, you have got the best cooking skills in the whole wide world. 
I love this soup. Don't just flatter, mean it. Because those words are powerful, they bring about improvement. Oh, honey, I really appreciate your washing the dishes. Wow, this is beautiful. Please, brothers and sisters, pay attention to those insignificant little things. Like adjusting the necktie, recognizing her hairstyle. You know, uh, she made it for you. Talk about colors. I know some of us are not very good at colors, but talk about them. You can learn, make something um, out of every tiny little conversation. Make someone feel special. The result is fantastic. We have to learn to say positive things to our wives, to our husbands today. And you know what? The best marriage book ever written in this world is the very one that you are experiencing. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, why is it so easy for me to criticize and to affirm? Please help me to train myself to notice the good things about my wife and to say something about them. I want my words to bring life, not discouragement. I need you to help me develop new patterns. In the name of Jesus, I have prayed. Amen. Our devotional this morning is titled, Change Through Affirmation. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Amen. In a marriage seminar, a question was asked, What would life be like if your spouse gave you encouraging words every day? One husband raised his hand and said, Life would be like heaven. And then another woman, one woman, responded, I would think my husband was drunk. Wow! How tragic that we typically give each other so few words of affirmation. We allow the emotions of hurt, disappointment and anger to keep us from speaking positive words to each other. Or maybe we simply get stuck in a pattern of negative comments. As a result, distance and dissatisfaction grow. All of us long to hear affirming words and those whose um, primary love language is affirming words long for them even more. We like to sense that our efforts are appreciated and that our spouse sees something good in us. When we are affirmed, we aspire to be better. When we are ignored or condemned, we either become discouraged and withdrawn or become angry and hostile. Positive words can change the emotional atmosphere in a marriage. We need to look for something good in our spouse and affirm it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, the Apostle Paul challenged his readers 
to encourage each other and build um, each other up. The author of Hebrews suggested that believers give each other daily encouragement as a safeguard against hardening hearts and sin. Encouragement is important. Our words are like medicine to a sick relationship. There is healing and it often begins with words of affirmation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I don't want my wife's heart to be hardened by my negativity. Please help me to encourage through my loving, my encouraging words, and all that is best, O oh God, that you have shown me. I see so much in her that is good, and I need to say so. Thank you for affirming me through the love and loving words that I read in the Bible. Amen. Our devotional this morning is titled Total Commitment. Total Commitment. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, Joshua said, Fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Amen. Most women have an emotional need for security. It is first a physical need to be safe from danger inside and outside of the home. But her greatest security need is often for assurance that her husband is committed to her and her alone. The husband who threatens his wife with divorce or makes off-handed comments like saying, uh, you'd be better off with someone else or uh, I think I'll find someone else. In fact, a man like this is playing into a dysfunctional pattern. When Joshua was leading the Israelites to the promised land, he challenged them to be totally committed to the Lord. They could no longer serve the God of Israel and still try to worship other old idols. They need to make a choice. It is key to make a choice. We face a similar question when we come to marriage. Will we put aside any thoughts or comments about divorce and be totally committed to our spouse? The wise husband will make every effort to communicate to his wife that whatever happens, he is with her. If there are disagreements, he would take the time to listen, understand, and seek resolution. If she suffers physical or emotional pain, he will be by her side. Every wife should be able to say, I know that my husband is with me no matter what happens. He is committed to our marriage. Every husband needs the same commitment from his wife. And if we do this, giving ourselves completely and totally to ourselves, to our husbands, to our wives, then we have the assurance of the goodness that can come from enjoying our marriages. 
Lord God Almighty, I know that I need to be totally committed to my wife. She is a gift that you have given me, and I am thankful. Please help me to show my commitment through my words and my actions so she will feel secure in my support. This I have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Our devotional this morning is captioned Actions Over Emotions. According to Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Amen. My challenge for you today is to love your spouse even when you have negative emotions towards him or her. You may ask, isn't that being hypocritical? No, it's not. Claiming to feel something that you do not feel is hypocritical, but acting lovingly regardless of your emotions is not. When you express kindness by a thoughtful act or a gift, you do not have to claim any warm emotional feeling. You are simply choosing to be kind. The Bible tells us not to get tired of doing the right thing. When we treat our spouse kindly and lovingly, we are doing what pleases God. He promises that eventually, if we persevere, we will see blessings. Negative feelings are more often alleviated when they are ignored rather than pampered. When we act positively in spite of negative emotions, it tends to change the emotional climate between husband and wife. Resentment dissipates and both spouses are more open to each other. Perhaps this is the blessing God promises. Once you are at that point, then together you can deal with the issue that initially simulated your negative feelings. Let us pray. Father in heaven, please give me the perseverance to treat my wife kindly. Even when I don't feel like it and even when I feel like giving up, I know that when I express my love, the atmosphere between me and her can change. I need your will and determination to move beyond my emotions and do the right thing. Thank you, Lord, for helping me out. Amen. <music>